I'd like to ask you this morning to turn in your Bibles to the 10th chapter of John. Last week, we looked at the words, be ye reprobates. We asked our question, ourselves the question, am I a reprobate? Am I one who, you know, we're supposed to examine ourselves? Are we in the faith? Am I a reprobate? Do we not see uh, Christ in us? And I had referred to the parable of the sower, which we will look at a little deeper here in just a moment. I'm back into the book of Luke again, studying the book of Luke. We're going to continue again, once again, Lord willing, in our series from the book of Luke. But I, I want to read from Matthew 7 verse 13 and 14 before I join you in John chapter 10. In Matthew 13 and 14, our Lord says these words, Enter ye in at the straight gate. Now remember my point last week in bringing about the parable of the sower is that the Lord gives us four different types of ground. Four different types of ground. There's only one good ground. <coughs> Three of those types of ground that he gives us and I find that interesting. I, I, I'm going to repeat what I said last week. I find it very interesting. The Lord gives us three types of ground where the results are exactly the same. They're worthless. Some become religious and they grow up for a while and act religious, hang out with the God's people, and then something comes up and they flurry away or the sun beats down on them and it burns them up. So the Lord gives us three different types of ground in the parable of the sower, and only one type that is good. One type where there is fruit. And we're talking about spiritual things. Enter ye in, it says Matthew 7, 13, 14, in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, which for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. There's the three types of ground. Three types of ground. And many there be that go in thereat. Many go through those first three ground, types of ground. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth on to life. And few there be that find it. What is my message every Sunday? Is it not grace? Is that not the, the theme I try to make every message to you? Do I not try to bring something every week that, that expounds and, and highlights the grace of God to us. How gracious it is to him that he didn't leave us to be one of those who are the three types of ground that perish. The straight, great, the straight gate is Christ himself. He is the door of life and salvation. And I need to get there. I apologize. John chapter 10. We read in verse 7. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves, are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. By him alone, by him alone, Christ Jesus alone, we have access to and acceptance with the Father. 
That's what that's telling us there. He's the way. He says in other places in the book of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have access to the Father, acceptance with the Father through Jesus Christ the Lord. He is the straight gate, and the straight gate is exactly as wide as Christ himself, and exactly as narrow. The wide gate is as broad as anything and everything added to the wide gate is as broad as anything and everything that was that you can add to Christ. The, the wide gate to destruction. Listen to the words of Galatians 5, 4. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Those who are going about to establish their own works in the law. And that includes after the time the Lord saved you. How many religious people are going about today trying to say, okay, now you've accepted Christ. It's time for you to be this. That's what that's talking about. That's men who stand before people and say, okay, now you're saved. you got to prove it. Prove it by your actions. you got to prove it by doing this, or you got to prove it by doing that. Most people on the broad way of destruction, therefore our Lord graciously urges you and I to strive. Strive, work towards put out an effort to enter into that straight gate because the straight gate is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life but few there be that find it folks salvation is by grace alone I want to repeat that salvation is by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone period Salvation is of the Lord. Scripture is clear about that. In Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, we read these words, For by grace are ye saved. Not, not grace and this, or grace and that, but for by grace. Grace alone. Through faith. Not through faith and your works. Not true faith in your belief or, 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 or your, your doings, but true faith, believing in the, who the grace is. Who's it from? For by grace are you saved through faith in that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Look over at Luke chapter 8. Turn over to Luke chapter 8. I've heard many messages. Just recently, our brother Kevin Thacker preached on it about two or three weeks ago, this parable of the sower. I've heard Don Fortner bring messages from it. I've heard our own pastor, Gene Harmon, bring more than one. There's many, many different messages that you could bring from this very thing, but I want to talk to you this morning about the way. What makes you and I to differ? Better than that, who maketh us to differ? Who makes us any different than those who go to all the churches around us? Because that's what the ground that, that the Lord is warning us about here. That's the ground that people, it, and even, even those who have come to this very church and sat and listened to the gospel, even one that we spoke of in the Bible study who got up here and preached the gospel. Has left something came up in the world 
turn them away. Who maketh you and I to differ and why? Why would he be different to you and I? And what is the result of him making that difference in you and I? Here in, Matt, in Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 5, we read these words, And a sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, and choked it. And other fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears, let him hear. Let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, verse 9, What might this parable be? Verse 10, And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and, they, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in a time of temptation they fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit and patience. No man, when he hath lit a candle, Oh, I'm sorry. No, we're going to stop there. All right. So we see the, the different types of ground. And I want to make a point. Our Lord says over in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, there is none good but one. Do you understand how that applies to us? How that applies to you? I heard a message brought one time about uh, sinners and saved by grace. And the first thing the pastor did, he got up and he said, are there any sinners here today? You know, sinners are few and far between. There's a whole lot of righteous and religious people going, to, going on that path to destruction. Are there any sinners? We're looking for that path, that narrow path to salvation. Do you understand what these words mean to you? There is none good, <coughs> then it says this, but one, and that is God. Our Lord is talking here about there are some that are called good ground. There's a whole bunch that are called ground with thorns. There is a whole bunch that are called
ground in the, that is rocky. There are a whole bunch that are called the wayside of the path, ground on the wayside of the path. But there's one type of ground where the Lord brings salvation. He brings forth fruit and patience through that ground, and it's called good ground. Could that be me? Do you, do you ever wonder, could that be me? Is it is by God's grace that apply to me? The message of our Lord in this parable is for you and I to search our souls. This parable, in this parable, our Lord teaches us plainly that the vast majority of those who hear the gospel, the grace of God preached, even the vast majority of those who profess to have faith in him after hearing that gospel are unregenerate people. Lost, perish under the wrath of God. Our Lord tells us, he that hath ears, let him hear. There's only one way, and that's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Grace grace, grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. When the Lord brings you to see the brightness of his grace in saving a sinner like you, you sing out those words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I don't mean just with lips. I mean with the heart. Can you sing those words from your heart without moving your lips and feel the joy of God's grace to his people? Saving a sinner like me? It says in verse 10 of what we just read, it says, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables. See the difference? Unto you it is given to know. Not to everybody. And, he's, and, and the word and God's word is clear, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see. And hearing they might not understand. Was there a day when you didn't care about the parables of God like me? Is there a day in, you, in your life you can look back upon and say, I didn't care anything about the parables of God. Why? Because I couldn't hear them. I didn't have ears to hear, and neither did you. Unto you, the Lord says. Unto you, our God says. It is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others, to other types of ground, these parables are nothing more than a, a, a blinding spot, a stumbling stone. Only by grace are son given an understanding of God's truths. Remember the men that were on the road to Emmaus? What the Lord, he blinded them to who he was. They had walked with him. They knew who he was in person just a little bit before. They had seen him hanging on the cross, dying, his life bleeding out of him. Yet the Lord blinded them. Blinded them. 
what happened when he made them know who and what it was he was talking about. When he revealed himself to them, what happened? Their hearts burned within them. Does your heart burn within you over God's grace to you? Can you sing out the words of that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Only by God's grace, our son giving the understanding of God's truths and the act of grace is what some good ground is from. That's the title I want to bring to you this morning, the message of good ground. Who are the good ground? How are some made to be good ground? And what is the good fruit that comes from good ground? First, we have who are the good ground. Now, I have several verses, so I'm going to ask you to set your Bibles down in your laps for just a few moments and allow me to read for you. Who are? Who are those that God calls good ground? In Jeremiah 31.3, we read these words, The Lord hath appeared unto me of old. And if you look up that phrase of old there, it's talking about all the way back from the beginning, before anything was ever made. The Lord hath appeared to me of old, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. So God's talking to somebody about love, isn't he? The world has taken these very words, along with others, in just a few, and denied a whole bunch of rest. But they've taken these words and they say, see, Jesus loves everybody. He's loved everybody from the beginning of his creation. Our Lord says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Who was it that did a work here? God. He draws his people. He draws his people. Who are the, who are the good ground? It's the, those for whom he has loved before the world was. We read in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5, In love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So we see that something has to be done, and it has to be done to a people. He calls them my people. In Leviticus 26, 12, he says, And I will walk among you and will be your God, and ye shall be my people. Didn't that go right along with all that the Father giveth me shall come to me? Didn't that work right along with that? Listen to Jeremiah 24, 7, And I will give them an heart to know me. Speaking of those, those who are made to be a good ground. I will give them an heart to know me that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people. And I will be their God. Who are the good ground? The people of God. Those who have always been the people of God, they just didn't know it. Didn't that sound like just you and I? We walked around this world for a long time not knowing who our God was. 
Some of us thought it was us. Some of us thought it was some little God waiting for us to do something. Some of us thought of maybe a tree. Some of us thought it was something we had done. We didn't know who the true and living God was. He says, I will give unto them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. In Jeremiah 31, verse 33, this people, these ones that he turn that he makes good ground he says this but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people 2 Corinthians 6 16 and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Meaning, what, what does the temple of God have to do with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. This is that true ground. Who are the true ground? The, the, the good ground. Ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. A couple more, if you don't mind me going on. Isaiah 65 9 and I will bring forth a seed out of Jacob and out of Judah an inheritor of my mountains and mine elect shall inherit it and my servants shall dwell there Matthew 24 31 and he shall send his angel with a great sound of the trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Who are the good ground? It's those that Christ has done a work in. Those that he has loved. See, that's one thing we know. One thing we know is that we didn't do anything to become that good ground. God had to do something in us. I didn't become good ground one day just because I got tired of the chaos that was going on in the world around me or in my own life. It took the preaching of God's word to till the ground and pull that old stony heart out and discard it out of the field. You know, that's what they do when they go through a field. They plow through it and they pull the rocks out of it. Norm Wells has shared many a times about the rocks that he had pulled out of the fields of his father's uh, land up in uh, Northern California as a kid. He said he'd go back and he'd till the land again and pull more rocks out and move it out. He had to keep tilling it until all those rocks were out. Christ only has to till it one time and get that old stony heart out of it. And then he plants the seed. The good news, Christ came to save sinners. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Christ came to save sinners, of whom I am chief. <laughs> I'll bet every one of you can say the same thing. I pray you can. I pray you can, because until you know the depth of your sin, you cannot know the greatness of his grace to you. Listen to Romans chapter 9, verse 12 through 15. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved 
but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid, for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. There's grace that God would have mercy at all on any of us. I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And then to be sure that you understand it, if you belong to him, just to be sure, to throw a little more icing on that cake, he says, so then it is not of him that will it. It's not of you and your free will. It's not of you and your decision to get baptized or come to the front or to pray or to do anything else. It's not of him that will it. Nor of him that runneth. It's not your good works. I go to church on Sunday. But of God that showeth mercy. But of God that showeth mercy. The good ground are those whom God has loved from the foundation of the world. Those for whom he is merciful to. Those who are chosen to be the recipients of his grace. Those who are called by the irresistible grace. Those who came into this world as all others dead in trespasses and sin. Yet have been made good by the gracious good works of his son Christ Jesus. Folks, everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Left to ourselves, left to ourselves, we would be as one of those other grounds that he warns you and I of. And this brings me to my next question, how are some made to be good ground? In John 3, verse 3, we read this. Speaking to Nicodemus, a Pharisee who came to the Lord by night, and asked, how is it? We know you, he said, he said, I know, we know you're a man of God. With all the, all the miracles that you've been committing, we know you're a man of God. How is it? Can I be saved? And the Lord says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you understand that? Can you comprehend that? What did we have to do with our first birth? Nothing. It took our father and mother. Is that not right? And it took God to place the seed and 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 man's uh, fertilization together. We got nothing to do with it. We can't have anything to do with the new birth either. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Turn over to First Peter chapter one. Look at verse twenty-three. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Now see, that's what we came into this world with. We came into this world with the seed of Adam. To be born again, we must have an incorruptible seed. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. And how do we get that incorruptible seed? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That's the preaching of the gospel. Verse 24, for all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. We must be born again with incorruptible seed. The seed is Christ. When, Adam, or when Abraham was promised through his seed, it's the word is seed. Through his seed, one. 
and that seed is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only good ground. That's the ground that you and I must be made into. How can we be with God? How can we be made good ground? By being put in our Savior. It's not anything we can do. By being put in Christ. We must be born again of the incorruptible seed, the gospel, the truth. Look over at verse 18 with me, if you would, of 1 Peter chapter 1. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith, your belief, your hope might be in God. What can wash me clean of sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Look over at verses 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who is it that does the work of making us good ground? We all came into the world as all of those other three grounds or even worse. Who is it? And how is it? God makes us good ground through the blood of his son as we just read back in First uh, uh, Peter chapter 1. We must be born again with the incorruptible seed. We must be cleansed Purged from corrupt from the corrupted seed we are born into, the old stony heart must be circumcised, cut away, we must be made righteous. Familiar words to you in 2 Corinthians 5:21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Becoming God in the flesh was not good enough. Sin had to be answered for. The sins of his people had to be put away. Why? that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Those for whom he has loved with an everlasting love, he has made them to be righteous in him. Those whom he has chosen to be merciful, gracious, will be made the righteousness of God in him. Listen to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophet, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, and here's that word, cleansed. Here's that word, making you good ground, purged. That's a good word, isn't it? That means thoroughly. That means there can be nothing left that is undesirable. That means to be washed away, cleansed completely, purged our sins. After he had done that by himself, 
he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. How? How do these who God has loved from before the world was be made good ground if they came into this world dirty, self-righteous, ugly, rebellious people against God? They'd be made righteous through his son, the Lord Jesus. That's how. He's the way, the truth, and the life. When the Lord spoke to his disciples, telling them that they must drink his blood and eat his flesh, it was a hard saying. And after several had got up and walked out and walked with him no more, he said to his disciples, Will you go away also? They said to him, Lord, you know, there's no other place to go. You have the words of life. He's the way, the truth, and life. Lastly, what are the fruits? And I'll be quick with this. What are the fruits of this work? What are the results of this ground being made good by him? Look over at 1 Corinthians, some very familiar words. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look with me if you would at verses 29 through 31. What are the results? What is, what is this good fruit the Lord speaks of that comes up out of this ground that he has tilled and removed the stony heart, removed that old rock that shook its fist at him? What are the results? Verse 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. That's the, that's the results right there. That's the results. We don't take any credit for making a decision. God made the decision. We don't take a credit credit for exercising what we thought was a free will. God's will be done. Verse 30, but of him are ye in Christ. This is giving God the credit, but of him are ye in Christ. Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is to written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We glory in him. We give him all the glory. Salvation and all that is, is of him, through him, and for his glory. We have no confidence in this flesh, this mind, this being that stands before you, our only confidence is in Christ Jesus, the Lord, and in him alone. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, our Lord says to you and I, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In John chapter, four, thir, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, our Lord said this, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The whosoever that believeth are those who are made the good ground. 